You are awake. Stand with us as you're able. We serve a God who demonstrated his love in the most radical way possible. Let's celebrate that this morning. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. you sinners come find his mercy come to the table he will satisfy taste of his goodness find what you're looking for for god so loved the world that he gave us
27 says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days to gaze at the beauty of the Lord. God has been bringing this psalm back to me for weeks now. I can't seem to let it go. This one thing that I ask, the only thing I ask is to dwell in the presence of the Almighty all day long. I have not been handling the pandemic very well lately. It's been really hard. I have not been handling it very well. The only times where I feel remotely okay are when I am clinging with all of my life to the presence of the Lord. Church, let's grab a hold of the presence. Let's seek the Lord with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul because he is our rock and he is foundation and he is the only hope. The psalm ends and says, I am still confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in this life. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Moving in our midst, I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping. You are here, working in this place. I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping. You are waymaker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every I worship you. You are here, healing every life. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. 
promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you church that awaits upon you as our strength and as our hope. We offer it all to you for your glory and all God's children this morning say, amen. You may be seated.
this uh, this past Wednesday was Veterans Day, and I think uh, in in the midst of the world that we're in right now with everything going on, it's easy uh, it's easy to forget days like that, and it's easy to to not focus on that. Uh, but we want to this morning, uh, as as humbly and simply as a gesture it is, say thank you to those uh, of our own Northview family that have served. And I, I want to ask if you have served in the armed forces, uh, can you can you stand so we can acknowledge you as a as a family? I know there's a couple of you. There we go. Thank you so much. Well, I, I will say that even. Even if there are, are members of our country that have, that have forgotten, we are eternally grateful uh, here at Northview for the sacrifice that you guys uh, have made on our behalf, the time away from family, the situations you've been put in. Our family knows what that is like firsthand. So thank you. Um, speaking of current world issues, before we dive into the announcements, I know that uh, probably this weekend and waking up and this morning, there's a lot of conversation about what's going to happen. Are we getting shut down? Are we going back online? And I just want to let you know, and actually I wanted to ask for just, for just a, a pause of patience, all right? We find out information the same speed and time that you guys do. Uh, so right now, we're here this morning, whether you're in person or online. And we're going to celebrate that, and we're going to have the Hardaways share this morning. It's going to be wonderful. As we hear more, we will communicate that out, all right? So just, I ask on behalf of the staff and the elders, have some patience with us while we wait to hear, and then just give us a little bit of time and trust that we're going to communicate that out. So if you uh, receive our weekly email newsletter, we'll send it out that way. We'll put it on our social media. If you're in kids or youth ministry, Kayla, myself, and Zeb, we will communicate out as well. So you will hear if there's any updates or changes. We promise we will let you know. Uh, I also want to challenge us because the thing that I'm challenged with most during this season uh, is praying for the people that are making decisions. Selfishly, uh, as the staff and elders talk this week about what to do, please uh, pray for us. And let's, as a church, let's pray for those in authority over us. Whether or not we agree that Jesus doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to pray. Um, so that with that, we're going to move forward with the announcements. We're going to let you guys know stuff that's coming up. Uh, and just stay tuned and be patient. All right? So step-by-step step, coming up December 5th. Now, there's a couple ways that you can help. We've talked the last few weeks. It's going to be different. We're taking it outside. There's, it's going to be uh, a drive-through Christmas celebration. I think one week I accidentally said drive-by Christmas celebration. Very different. And <laughs> there's two. Yeah, we're just going to throw, throw stuff at them as they drive by. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, there's two w main ways that you can help. If you go out in the lobby, you're going to see a pile of stuff that looks a lot like a guy that needs another set of arms. Games like these, all right? Out on the front desk, there's all sorts of stuff like this. You can grab games like this at the store. Lindy was just telling me that Costco's selling packs of Uno-type games for super cheap right now. You could pack, pick those up, and you could drop them off. We'll put them in boxes to be able to give to the families. The other way to do it, which for many of us right now during this season is probably easier, is to give financially. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have given financially two step-by-step step so far this year. It's fun to see that coming in each week. Uh, the funds given to that will allow us to get exactly what we need, especially since this year is different. 
And I know in the past it's been a little bit more open about what we take and give, but we're trying to refine it this year. You can go to the website and you can take a look at those things. Um, but really, games or financial donations, that's the easiest way uh, to give to the event. And then as we continue to figure out how people can help, we'll be letting you know that too because we, we will need help. Uh, if you have questions, you can see Pam, uh, her email address is up there. I want to encourage you to reach out to her, uh, and she can give you all the information that you need. But that is step by step. This morning, like I mentioned, the Hardaways are going to be here sharing. Now, each November, on the Sunday on either side of Thanksgiving, uh, we pick one of the missions, organizations, missionaries that Northview as a family supports. We take a special offering called a thank offering. Uh, so this year on either side of Thanksgiving, we're going to take a special offering and it's going to go to the Hardaways to be able to hopefully get them their final push and be able to get them what they need uh, to get to Papua New Guinea. And I'm not going to give anything away. I'm going to let Scott in a few minutes share all about what's going on with them. Uh, but just know the Sunday on either side of Thanksgiving, which I believe is next Sunday, uh, and the Sunday after that, we will be spe doing a special offering during service um, that you can give, and that will go straight to the Hardaways. Also coming up, it's Christmas time, all right? And we wanted to let you know that in just a couple weeks, we're going to be taking a pause from the series on Philippians that Pastor Steve has been walking us through, and we're going to shift to this idea of a thrill of hope. Is there a more appropriate thing that we in our culture need right now than the hope that we remember at Christmas time with Jesus. And we're going to be spending the month of December and Christmas Eve walking through that. And as of right now, Christmas Eve services are at 3 and 5 o'clock. That's the time we've been doing them the last couple of years, uh, and we'll have them online as well. But please mark down 3 and 5 o'clock Christmas Eve services. We want you guys to be able to plan accordingly. And, all right, if you have a tithe or offering or or a donation to make to Step by Step, the boxes are in the back, or you can do so online. Uh, but would you join me in a word of prayer this morning? Lord, thank you for everything that's going on in this church, Lord. Thank you for the people who choose to serve, to give, and to be part of something bigger than themselves, Lord. It's a wonderful thing. And as we step into this next season, Lord, may you equip this church to represent you well in all areas of their life. Thank you for the gifts received this morning. May we be able to direct them to the organizations, the people, and the ministries that need it so that we can further your gospel message, Lord, in your son's name. Amen. Uh, I'm going to invite up Pastor Steven as he comes. If you are in middle school, Zeb Fenimore is right here. He's our middle school director. You can follow him upstairs. All right. Here you go, Steve. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hello online. How are you? Say hi, wave. There you go. Hey, a couple things. We want to give an update on Steve Doton. So many of you asked how they're doing. Uh, they are doing well. He actually had a blood clot that they removed and a stent was put in. And uh, he's doing well. They wrote this. They said, we cannot thank enough. Uh, this would be Norfew for the many ways you've showed kindness to us. Your love and especially your prayers continue to hold us up in our weakness. We're convinced God is good and gracious and we have great hope which is expressed in this verse. It says, On him we have set our hope as you help us in our prayer, 2 Corinthians 1, 10, and 11. So uh, they're doing well, and they wanted to say thank you and appreciate praying for Steve. So that's good news. Whoop. And then uh, on the screen you see the Lunds, and they, will, they are scheduled to be here uh, to arrive tomorrow afternoon if this pass isn't snowed out. 
All right? So you can pray that way for them, and uh, that's very exciting. We're glad that, that they're coming. And then we want to give you another heads up. Uh, missions fest it's a lot of information this morning but this is something that we've plugged every uh every fall and uh this year it's online so what it is is you just go to scatter.org and uh there are all kinds of great speakers and great workshops and stuff that you can attend you can watch as much or little it's one of those things you say oh, i'll watch five minutes and it kind of catches you for an hour it's very, very intriguing and addicting. And so I want to encourage you to take a look as a church because, believe it or not, God is still working around the world and doing powerful things in missions. And uh, that's kind of our vibe and heartbeat. So we want to want you to know that. We'll bring it up some more as well. This morning, we did a juke. Uh, knowing that some of the announcements were coming up, we said as a team, we said, you know, we're scheduled to have the Hardaways speak next Sunday. And then we were going to do the thank offering, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to tweak Rob's announcement a little bit because actually this Sunday is thank offering Sunday. And next Sunday is thank offering Sunday. And you're going, but we didn't know that. Well, you can give during the week, all right? And you can give next Sunday. And the reason we're doing that is because we weren't totally sure if they could even get up next Sunday and speak, all right? So we thought, we're going to run under the wire, make sure they get the audience. So I'm going to welcome Scott to come on up. Give Scott a hand, Noel, Jared, Caleb, the family. We're thrilled to have you back. And I'll go down. Hang on, hang on Jared. Stay, stay up here for a second. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, so I just want to say hello. And um, so Jared is with us this service. Caleb is upstairs in, uh, in Kids Church. But I got I to gotta just say, today is Jared's 15th birthday. So, so uh, we are happy to be celebrating his birthday here with you guys. And then Noel is over there. Uh, wave and say hi to Noel. Um, we are going to be at the table over here in the corner. If you want to stop by afterwards and say hello, you can go ahead and sit down. Thanks, Jared, for uh, getting my stuff up here for me. Appreciate it. Well, hello, Northview Community Church. We are just thrilled and blessed and honored to be here with you this morning. Uh, for those of you who may be new to Northview, if you don't know us, uh, we would love to get to meet you. So, uh, like I said, we, we've got a table over here on the way out as you're exiting. Uh, please feel free to, to stop by. And uh, you've got uh, prayer cards on your chairs as well. Um, if, if you want to give us your contact info, that'd be great. There's a little basket on our table as well. You can drop that in there and, uh, and, and uh, hand that off on your way out. But I just want to say, you know, Northview is a very special place to us. You know, Northview is, is our home. There's so many people here that we love and care about deeply, and uh, this is where we first sensed God calling us to go and serve Him in Papua New Guinea. Many of you have affirmed that call on our lives over the years, uh, and, and I know that so many of you have been walking with us very, very closely uh, every step of the way, praying with us, uh, blessing us, encouraging us, and, and we really appreciate you. Uh, and many others of you have been tracking with us in a more general way, which is fine too, and we appreciate you as well. Uh, but we wanted to take some time 
this morning to kind of retrace some of our steps so that you can all be aware of just what God has been doing in us, uh, with us, for us, through us over the last several years. And, uh, and also so that we can celebrate together as a church this exciting moment that we're in right now. Because we are on the verge of finally being able to, <laughs> that's why I have these, <laughs> to get to the mission field uh, and get started in the work that God has for us there. So uh, we first came to Northview when we moved here to the Seattle area back in 2014. And about a year after that, Pastor Steve invited me to come and preach a, a four-part series on uh, just how God had guided me and sustained me through the loss of my first wife to cancer and, and then miraculously brought Noel into our lives. And it was at the end of that series that I shared uh, about how we felt God was leading us to become missionaries in Papua New Guinea. So, so these are the steps uh, kind of along our journey. Uh, we started training in uh, the fall of 2015 with Finisterre Vision, a small young mission agency that had been started by Noel's cousin. And they were focused on preaching the gospel and planting churches among unreached people groups in the Finisterre Mountains of Papua New Guinea. So that was the, what that mission agency was all about. And, and we shared with you about the needs and the opportunities there. A bunch of you signed up for our monthly prayer email newsletter. Uh, some of you started investing financially in our work right away, and you've been continuing that investment all the way up to the present. And we are so thankful for every single one of you who have partnered with us in our ministry. I just can't even tell you uh, how much we appreciate you. And it wasn't too long after that that the missions committee and the elders decided to add us to the church missions budget. Uh, and so um, that was kind of how we got our launch and how we got our start. After three years, we finally finished all of our training. And so we quit our jobs and we moved on to the next steps of preparing to move to PNG. And so we felt at this point that it was important for us to take a planning trip to visit Papua New Guinea and find out a little bit more about what life was going to be like for us there. We, we knew that God was calling us there. We knew that we were going to be going there. But there were still a lot of unanswered questions for us. And we thought that the best way for us to be able to answer those questions would be uh, just to go there and see it for ourselves and, and gather the information that we needed. So that was uh, the summer of 2018. Now, one of the questions that we had was about teammates. We knew that we couldn't just go out to this uh, remote bush location with unreached people and uh, learn the language and communicate the gospel and plant a church and raise up leaders and all that kind of stuff by ourselves. It was, it was too big of a job for us. And so uh, we, we had prayed, and we had searched, and we had prayed, and we had searched for teammates, but, but God had not brought anyone along in the course of all of our praying and our searching. So, so here we were. We were done with training. We were almost ready to go to the field and no one to go with us. So, so we wondered if God might have teammates for us who were already in Papua New Guinea. So that was kind of one of the reasons for our trip was, was we, we prayed that God would lead us to people that we could serve alongside with. And over the course of that month that we were there in Papua New Guinea, we met with a couple potential teammates, but, but nothing really panned out 
We did learn, however, that there was a need for a logistics coordinator who would support and resource the ministries that were out in the bush locations. And, uh, and, and that was a job that we could do by ourselves without teammates. But little did we know at that time that God actually had another reason for us to be on that trip, to be going to Papua New Guinea. See, as we traveled around the country uh, through the different cities, remote villages, uh, mission headquarters of other different mission agencies, uh, we ended up talking with lots of pastors and missionaries, and we heard the same thing over and over and over, that that pastors in Papua New Guinea are discouraged, they're ill-equipped, they uh, lack resources and training opportunities, they feel alone, and, and they don't know how to do effective ministry. There's, there's also a lot of cult influences in Papua New Guinea. And um, because pastors don't have training, they oftentimes aren't able to really discern truth from error. Uh, they don't know how to do that. And so even well-intentioned pastors don't always lead their churches in the right direction because they don't know themselves. They can get, get caught off guard and, and steered off course. And so God was giving us a burden for these PNG pastors on that trip. When we came back from our trip, we moved down to Phoenix, which is where our missions agency was headquartered, and we talked with the director about everything that we had seen and heard and switched from a remote village church planting uh, role to a city-based logistical role with kind of a side ministry of equipping and encouraging pastors in the city where we would be stationed. Well, we got the blessing for our new role from the Finister Vision Board in the fall of 2018, and we started planning a support-raising trip for 2019. Uh, Our goal was to speak and meet with as many churches as we could and and get the rest of the funding that we needed to get to PNG. Well, so we borrowed a truck and a camper trailer, and we set out on an 83-day road trip from Phoenix to Philadelphia and back. And along the way, we gave presentations at over 20 churches— gathered hundreds of new prayer partners, and, uh, and God brought us a lot of new financial partners as well. And uh, so then on the last Friday of our trip, two days before our final speaking engagement, which also happened to be our fifth wedding anniversary, um, we got a call from one of the board members of our mission agency just letting us know that it looked like that they would be tightening up their statement of faith at the next board meeting in that fall, and that they'd be taking some theological positions that they knew that we didn't share, and uh, we didn't agree with, and they just wanted to let us know. And two days later, then, we had to make a presentation asking people to partner with us for a ministry that we weren't sure we'd ever be doing with an organization that we now weren't sure that we could stay with. So we prayed, Lord, what, what are you doing here And how can we stay in step with you? Well, we weren't quite sure what God was up to. We we weren't sure. And so we kind of started proceeding simultaneously down down two different tracks. Track one was continuing to fight for our place in in Finister Vision, in in the ministry that that God had had led us to that far. Uh, We met with the board. We argued about theology. We made our case for how we should be Uh, grandfathered in. We had already been appointed to serve. Uh, If they wanted to change the requirements, they should do that for the future missionaries coming in, not the ones who had already been been approved, who were practically ready to leave for the field. 
We also pointed out that the logistical uh, coordinator role was not a teaching position, and so our theology shouldn't really matter. Um, and we agreed to get along with everyone, to not make waves, even if we disagreed on, on some minor point. We tried everything that we could think to try to keep our place in that organization. But while we were doing all that, we also started running on, on a separate track. So, so track two was looking for another missions agency. Because we knew that God had called us to Papua New Guinea, and it was looking like Finister Vision might not be the way uh, to get there. And, and so we literally pulled out our computer and we Googled mission agencies in Papua New Guinea. And uh, we scrolled through a few options, and then we hit on World Gospel Mission. We read through their site, and, and uh, lo and behold, we discovered that they operate a Bible college that trains PNG pastors. Exactly the thing that God had put on our hearts when, when we had gone to visit one year prior. So we checked out their statement of faith, and we were completely compatible on that front, which was good. So they've been around for over 100 years, and we figured we could be confident that they wouldn't be changing it on us anytime soon. So it, it seemed like the perfect fit for us. And we decided to call them and began going through the application process, and they put us in touch with Benji and Erica, who are the field directors for WGM out in Papua New Guinea. We told them our story, and they told us well, we have been praying for a pastor and an elementary school teacher to come join our team at the Bible college. And, and so things all of a sudden began to make more sense. And, and so in the end, we were approved to go to PNG with WGM last November. That's also the month that Finister Vision uh, the board officially took the stance that squeezed us out. So, so we had to kind of start over with a whole new organization. And, and I just want to give uh, some special acknowledgement here to, to publicly to Pastor Steve. Uh, he was an enormous source of encouragement and uh, support, uh, wisdom, help for us as we tried to navigate this, this very uh, difficult and honestly painful situation. I mean, it was Noel's cousin's mission agency that we were having all of these, these conflicts with, these problems. And, and it was important to us to try to, to save that, that family relationship, uh, which we were able to do, thank the Lord, even as we were going our separate ways. But it's a, a very dicey situation, and, and Pastor Steve really helped us know what to say, how to say it, when to say it, he helped us make sense of where we were headed, even when it was really unclear and fuzzy at times. Uh, he prayed with us and counseled us and affirmed us. And, and through it all, he said, we are with you. Northview is, is behind you. We're going to get through this together. And uh, the missions committee and the elders also uh, deserve special mention as they walked with us and through us in some really hard adjustments. We just can't say enough 
about the support that we've received from this church during some really hard times. And um, I, <laughs> I think it's great that we are visiting here while you guys are working through Philippians because um, Philippians, uh, among other things, is a thank you letter from a missionary, Paul, acknowledging a very special church for the outstanding kind of support that they have given toward his ministry. And that is exactly the way that we feel about you guys. Uh, I want to read a, a section from Philippians chapter 4, if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles, uh, Philippians 4. And uh, I just want to let you know that I got special permission from Pastor Steve to, to jump ahead to the end of the book. Um, so for those of you who are worried about getting out of order and that kind of thing, you'll have to take that up with him later. But um, this was the part that uh, conveys really what we want to say to you. So uh, just to kind of set this up, when, uh, when Paul was writing this letter, you probably all know this already, but, but he was in prison. He was going through rough times. And uh, the way that this letter was, uh, uh, there was, there was a, well, there was a message and a, and a gift that was delivered to him from Epaphroditus uh, from the Philippian church as uh, Epaphroditus came to visit him. And, um, and so Paul wrote this letter partly to, to thank the Philippians for the gift that they gave him. So, so Paul says, verse 14, he says, uh, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. And he's talking about, you know, the current troubles that he's going through there in prison. And so what Paul's saying is, is thank you so much for this money, for your gift. It comes at just the right time when I'm really in trouble. Thank you for thinking of me and doing something really practical that actually helps my, my situation when I really need it. And then Paul goes on to reflect on his relationship with the Philippians, because this is not the first time that they've given him a gift. Uh, so he says, he says, verse 15, he says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, that means way back when Paul had first established the church there, way back in the early days, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. And that was true also for us with you guys. When we set out from Washington, not one church was invested in our ministry except for you guys. We've picked up some other sense along the way, but you guys were the first ones to get behind us, to believe in us, to back it up with real dollars. And, and that means so much to me. I, I, I feel like I can understand what Paul is saying here. You are a, a special church to us. There's no other church in the world like you guys are to us. You occupy a unique place in our hearts. Uh, verse 16 uh, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Uh, see, when Paul left uh, Philippi, he went on to, to Thessalonica and then to Berea, and he ran into some, some challenges there. He ran into some problems there. Uh, there were some Jews who were jealous of his ministry, and they gathered together, it says uh, in the Bible, it says they gathered together some 
some people of bad character, and they uh, kind of started a riot there in the city. And, uh, and, and you can read about all this in Acts 17. But, uh, you know, we didn't face that kind of trouble exactly, but we did encounter fierce opposition within our former mission agency. And, and again, it was Northview that was there for us, as I've already said. Uh, Pastor Steve, the missions committee, the elders were so phenomenal for us during that time. I can't tell you how much it means to me to know that we were not standing alone. You were there with us, praying for us, endorsing us, contending for us, supporting us. All right, verse 17. He says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I've received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And uh, this is really the important part here. Paul is, is on a personal level, he's, he's personally grateful to the Philippian church, obviously, right? But he doesn't want their thinking to stop there. He wants to point them to the spiritual dimension of their giving. He's looking for what may be credited to their account. And this isn't an Excel spreadsheet that Paul is keeping where he's tracking the dollars and the cents. This is, this is an eternal account that God is keeping as God evaluates the generosity and the faithfulness of his people. See, there's a, there's a horizontal dimension and there's a vertical dimension. And Paul says that the gifts are keeping him supplied in a physical sense, right? That's the horizontal part. But the gifts are also a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. That's vertical. And so, you know, we want you guys also to understand the vertical, eternal dimension to your gifts. The gifts that you give, they bless our ministry. They bless our socks off. But they are also a fragrant offering that pleases God. So, now we're on this, this new path with WGM and we're so excited about our ministry at the Bible College. All the struggles that pastors in Papua New Guinea face, which we saw with our own eyes on our trip there two summers ago, these are the problems that Christian Union Bible College exists to solve. The school's entirely built around the idea of equipping pastors to do effective church ministry that transforms communities. I want to share with you just one story about a young man named Josiah. Josiah was um, pastoring a, a small church in a, in a remote village, and um, there, were, there were several other churches that had closed down in uh, the surrounding villages. Either uh, pastors had died or moved on, missionaries who were working there had left, and, and those churches shut down. So Josiah's church all of a sudden became the only opportunity for people in that area and the surrounding area to, to attend church. So they all started coming to his church. And uh, there were a lot of problems that came with all these new people. So for one thing, they all came 
from different theological backgrounds. And they started arguing with each other about uh, all the different differences between them. And there was also uh, one guy who had been influenced by a cult, and he was trying to get that cult teaching uh, ingrained in the church. And there was a lot of conflict and mistrust from the people uh, of different clans, different villages, as they came together that they didn't like each other necessarily. And so that was a problem. Plus, there were issues in the church with uh, people who were church members who were involved in uh, theft and alcoholism and domestic violence. And, and so this church was a mess. And Josiah, he, he loved the Lord, but he knew that he needed help because he had never in his life received any kind of training that would help him know how to navigate these kinds of problems or how to address these sort of situations. So he came to Christian Union Bible College, and he excelled as a student. He just soaked up all the instruction that, that the professors gave to him. But he also shared with them his own personal problems and his ministry challenges that he was encountering. And so they uh, walked with him and helped him, him figure out how to find answers for himself in the Bible. So they're like, well, let's see what the Bible has to say about this question, about this conflict, about this issue. And, uh, and they gave him good guidance and, and, uh, and wisdom. And so Josiah was then able to put all this into practice, and he went back to his village, back to his church, and he was able to lead that fractured church to unity, really around the word of God. He said, all right, whatever else you've heard from other teachers or leaders, and even myself, let's set all that aside and instead, whenever we have a problem or a conflict or a question, we just say, well, what, is the, what does the Bible have to say about it? And then we'll do whatever it is the Bible says to do. Everybody seemed to agree. They thought that was all a, a good idea. And so uh, as they would have problems, as they'd have questions, they would go to Scripture, and then they would fall in line with whatever it is that the Bible says. And uh, all of a sudden, there's, there's a lot more unity. There's a lot more togetherness in that church. Josiah began to teach effectively from the Bible about relationships, uh, about, about uh, self-control, about uh, love for one another, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and particularly what the Bible has to say about marriage and how husbands are to treat their wives. And, and as people are hearing these truths expounded from Scripture for the first time in their lives, the Holy Spirit is free to convict them of their sins and to bring repentance and healing and wholeness into their lives, into their marriages, into their families. So lives are being transformed. And and then uh, pretty soon the whole community began to notice a difference. They're like, something's going on at that church over there. And so new people started coming to the church and they're hearing the gospel and they're getting saved and their lives are being transformed. Josiah was actually able to mentor several of the young men in the church to go out and replant those three churches that had closed down so, uh, so that the, those villages could have uh, church ministries in their, in their village once again. And so now where you once had four churches that were working essentially against each other in this region of Papua New Guinea, now you've got four churches that are united together as a church planting network, reaching out even beyond themselves, even beyond their own language groups, sending out missionaries to the other language groups around them in Papua New Guinea, planting churches. Because there's 850 different language groups in Papua New Guinea. 
It's the most linguistically diverse place on earth. And every single one, every tribe, every tongue, every nation needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is the kind of impact that Christian Union Bible College is having in Papua New Guinea. And it's a really exciting time at the Bible College because they're actually expanding their impact. The school just added new housing for the students' wives and kids to be able to come live at the school. Uh, See, before there was housing only for the students, and they had to leave their families behind in the village. And, and, and so, but now uh, the families get to live together on the Bible College campus, and that creates a new opportunity because the school is starting an initiative for the wives and the kids. Wives will be taught literacy and basic Bible knowledge, and the kids will be enrolled in an elementary school that will be right there on the Bible College campus. So as an elementary teacher with 10 years of classroom experience, Noelle is going to be working with the wives and helping get the school started. I'll be teaching at the college as well as doing short-term training for pastors out in the villages that can't make it to the school. And so that's what we're going to be doing. But, uh, but here's where we're at. International travel during COVID, as you might expect, is a little tricky. But there is a special humanitarian flight that is operated by the United Nations that's going into Papua New Guinea on December 2nd, two weeks from now. We have a missionary friend who's been trying to get back into Papua New Guinea since May, and all of her flights kept getting canceled, but she made it on the November UN flight, and she finally made it back to Papua New Guinea last week. They only run these special UN flights once a month, and the December one flies from Malaysia to PNG on December 2nd. We thought it was going to be more in the middle of the month. That's when the previous ones have been done, but they just announced a couple days ago that it's going to be December 2nd. Uh, Also, we have to quarantine for 14 days when we get there. And there is one quarantine house in Mount Hagen, the city where we're going to be living, and it's available in December. But it's all booked up in January, and who knows how long after that. So right now, there's this brief window of opportunity, but we have just a little bit more to go until we're fully funded, which we have to be at 100% in order to go. So uh, if nine people committed to give $100 a month, that's all it would take, or 18 people at $50 a month, or whatever combination of that kind of thing. But, but we want to be clear, we are not counting on you to make that happen for us. We're counting on God. So what we would ask from you this morning is just if you would pray about whether this is something that he would want you to invest in, if this is something that he would lead you to do. And if you do sense him calling you to help us get to Papua New Guinea, uh, if you could let us know as soon as possible, that would be very helpful because we're talking about flying out of here two weeks from now in order to get to Malaysia by December 2 to catch that flight. Uh, Not that we are looking for a gift, but we are looking for what may be credited to your account, like it says in Philippians 4.17, because this is not primarily about us. It is about the kingdom. It's about you and us partnering together to accomplish something that will make a difference for all eternity. See, too often we think about giving as just a horizontal exchange, right? You give money to our ministry, you now have a little less than you did before. We've got a little more than we did. It's, it's a math thing, right? The, 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 it moves from one account to another. But when we give generously, 
Paul offers this promise in verse 19. He says, he says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You see, it's, it's more than math. It's more than just horizontal. There's a vertical dimension too. God is involved. God is right in the middle of it. So there are miracles. There is supernatural activity. The same God who spoke the entire universe into existence. The same God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He sees your sacrifice. He sees your heart. He sees your desire to build his kingdom and bring glory to his name. He sees you. And when you give to his kingdom, he will meet all of your needs too, according to his eternal riches in Christ Jesus. And listen, we understand that we are not the only thing going on here. Uh, there's, there's step by step that also needs resources. There are other ministries that I know many of you are involved in. There's other things happening at the church, the, the, the Move the Mountain campaign. So, so listen, uh, really all we're asking is that you would pray. And then do whatever it is that God is leading you to do. That's, we don't want it to be because we're up here asking for anything. We want it to be because it's something that God has directed you to do. It's so important to follow his leading and his direction. So um, we've, uh, we've got these prayer cards. There's information on there about how you can contribute to our ministry. Uh, that's the, the website up on the screen as well. And if you've got your phone and take a shot of that, it'll take you right to our giving page. So however, uh, if, if God is leading you to do that, you can do that. Uh, if you want to take it home and pray about it, you can do that. Um, if you just want to give us your contact info so that you can get our prayer newsletter, that's fine. You can drop that off in the, uh, in the basket over there. We also have some other stuff at our table that uh, I, uh, you might be interested in, and so I just want to kind of mention it. But uh, there's, there's this full-page ministry summary that just kind of talks more about uh, what we're going to be doing at the Bible College. And so we've got tons of those uh, if you want to pick that up. Uh, this, the Josiah story, uh, if you want to read about that and, and, uh, and think about Josiah, that, uh, that's over there as well. Um, but, but really, really kind of just what I want to say here at the end is, um, is that we are, we're ready to go. We've, uh, our stuff is over in Papua New Guinea. There's a house there that is waiting for us. Uh, it's all reserved. There's a vehicle there that we can purchase as soon as we get there. We even have two dogs that are waiting for us that were just born a couple weeks ago. We've already named them, Charlie and Cooper. Uh, so everything is there. The last step that we need is just a few more people like you who can partner with us to support our ministry, to get us up to 100%. Because when we're at 100%, then WGM will release us to go to the field. So we can, we can buy the plane tickets now, uh, but they won't release us to leave in two weeks unless we're at that threshold. And so that's, that's, that's really where we're at. And, and if you'd pray about what God is leading you to do. We love you, Northview. Uh, we appreciate you. We are so blessed to be part of you. And, uh, and we just thank you so much for the, the incredible ways that you have already blessed us so much. So uh, thank you. We love you. We're so glad to be able to be here with you at this exciting moment in our lives and in our ministry. And hopefully we'll be saying so long to you and uh, we'll see you in a few years.
Pastor Steve, if you want to come and close us. That was amazing. Thank you. We're going to end with a song that's just a little bit different in approach this morning. Stand with us as you're able. This song is one, the words are directly from the words of the Lord in the Old Testament. He prayed this over his people. It's entitled The Blessing. It's a very hot, popular song right now. But we're just going to pray this blessing over one another. Those of you online, we're praying this over you. You can pray it over us. And let's just end focusing on the presence of the Lord, welcoming him into our circumstance, into our life, into whatever happens next. And whatever that is, God is sovereign, God is in control, but let's just end in his presence this morning, all right?
and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he's with you he's with you may his presence go before you team. Let's give the Hardaways a hand. I thank Scott for sharing. Online you can clap as well. You know, they started with us, right? And uh, they got a two-week window and we got two weekends. Right? Let's get them there. Let's get them there. Father, we seek you to work among us in some miraculous ways. You have done incredible things. This is one of the most gracious group of people I've ever been around in my life. Lord, we seek you that you would speak, and I think very firmly, as we've said many times, if we all gave what you asked us to give, I think we can hit it. So we seek you for that. Uh, Lord, it's got to be quick. It's got to be fast. We've got two weekends. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Everyone, thank you for coming. The Hardaways are over here at the table. Come and talk to them and get to know them. And again, if you can head out the back doors, help us that. That would be fantastic.